0: Thank you for joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me is my co-host, Samir Khan.
1: Hey, Jeremy. How's it going?
0: Hey, Samir. How you doing? Okay. So today is a really cool topic. Um, this is actually based on a recent um, Salesforce research that came out. It's titled... 2016 State of Marketing, and the uh, under title there is Trends and Insights from nearly 4,000 marketing leaders worldwide. And I think this is a pretty unique topic. And I, you know, we wanted to, you know, kind of talk through, give you a quick overview of the executive summary and what it's about, and and really talk about some of these key lessons and dig deep into that. You know, so so Samir, I mean, how did you come across this? And you know, give me a little little, little bit about the survey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is a survey that Salesforce have been doing for the last three years. Uh, the state of the marketing service, essentially the previous few years, what they have been doing, they interview all types of marketers, uh, and then they compile that data and it encompasses the different aspects of marketing. So they're looking at the analytics aspect. They're looking at customer experience. They're looking at, uh, acquisition, marketing, retention, marketing automation. So, their there questions are tailored towards multiple segments of marketing. Uh, so, this year Salesforce took a different stand. So, what they did is they surveyed around 4,000 marketing leaders. So, this time they're not just interviewing marketers, but they're looking at specifically people who are in a leadership role. And the goal is it's a kind of a three part goal. First, they want to understand macro and micro trends, uh, you know, both economic both economic and business trends are impacting and influencing the role of marketing. Um, so essentially, you know, when changes happen in the industry, when changes happen in the marketing segments, when there are new, new tools coming out, how is that reshaping the marketing department? The second is they want to know like how different types of marketing teams approach the concept of marketing intelligence and customer experience because you know as we you know both of us are big proponents of both of those topics like marketing intelligence and customer experience so they asked these different teams like how are they approaching it and last but not the least uh they also would wanted to see uh, what are the new developments in the digital marketing industry specifically uh, yeah so i think that's that's what the in a nutshell this survey was about so they Uh, Interviewed, uh, essentially surveyed 4,000 marketers. uh, And it comes out to be like approximately 18% of the survey participants were high performance marketers because, and the way they are measuring high performance is basically uh, the one that those are extremely satisfied by the results of their marketing investment. So that's how they label the high performance. So if you look at uh, the chart which we're going to put in the show notes, Essentially, looks at high performance, uh, mid performance, and then low performance, and all of that is based on how satisfied they were with their marketing efforts.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So I, you know, really, I, th- I think the important things are there. When you draw from this, there are seven key lessons, and I think it's important for us to really take those key lessons and really dig into it a little bit deeper and, and see how they truly connect with the real world, because a lot of times, you know, four thousand marketers—that's a lot—and yeah. You know, based on that, you know, from yours and my experience, how does this really relate? So, you know, the first one here. Yeah. Is, and I was going
1: to just add a sure. quick thing for, for our listeners. Uh, so what's interesting, like exactly like you said, right? So this is a, I believe, like 30 page document. So what we want to do is, you know, there's lots going on in the survey. There's a lot, typically when companies do survey, you and I have been participating and done surveys previously. Yep. Um uh, so normally there's lots of information. But the goal of this podcast is to summarize that information with yes. key nuggets, like the goal nuggets that someone can actually use uh, and measure and benchmark against, uh, against all the you know all the details and you know words that goes into this. So that's what our goal is here. Like we have netted the survey into seven actionable lessons uh, that can be applicable to any business you are, uh, specifically in a marketing department that you can apply yep. today
0: very cool. So let's let's get in the first one. The first one here is understanding and applying customer journey strategy and in how critical that is. So how critical it is to understand and apply a customer journey strategy. So before we get into that, let's talk about what is a customer journey. And and some people may think, "Oh, the customer journey is once you first hit your website." Ha, huh, that's wrong, right? Or the customer journey may start um You know, when you have a first interaction with, uh, you know, the brand. So there's a misconception there because a lot of people say, well, doesn't the customer journey start when they first go into search and they type in some type of keyword that takes them down the journey to look for me? Actually, no. So recently I was at a, a Gartner event and I was speaking with one of their experts and she's an expert on customer experience. And, you know, one of the things that she talked about was that the biggest misconceptions that people don't realize is that the initial customer journey, whether you think about it or not, starts with the initial thought in their head that there is a need for something. It is pretty intense. So it's like, how do you affect somebody's thought? Well, you know, that could be through any type of, you know, thought leadership of sorts. And then you go into this conversation about the chicken and the egg, right? You know, do they have to see something before? But I think let, let, let's take an abstract of that and talk about, you know, really is a customer journey. And in my mind, a customer journey is the path of the thought that they take from really looking through the discovery, you know, in the early lane, learning stages about the, the – the capabilities that they need for what they're looking for and then really starting to narrow down a short list into the things that they want to see and then really actually going in and trying it out. And then after that, making an assessment whether there is a return on investment there and then actually purchasing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think from a process standpoint, like exactly you said, the customer journey starts way before uh, when they're in our pipeline, right? And when they're visiting our website or they're a part of our nurture campaign or they're talking to our salespeople, uh, it's it's a stage process. So there are different stages. Uh, you know, Some people in, in the short descriptions talk like the you know, top, middle, and bottom of the funnel. But I think even at the top of the funnel, there are different stages where first is they're looking, they're thinking about it, they're researching it, they find you, they land on your website. So there are all these different stages that happen which can be broken down into like uh, top leadership and interaction with a brand. Uh, and then, you know, getting aware of the brand. So, yeah, and I think we talk a lot about this. I think this is a, a very important topic for us as well. And for our listeners, you can go listen to our podcast number 7, 6, and 2 on SoundCloud for analytics today uh, to learn more about the customer journey concept. Uh, it is a pretty fascinating thing. And I think the state of marketing survey proves that understanding the customer journey and applying the learnings to your business is absolutely critical. And why is it critical? Because once you know what are the different stages your customer is going through and what are the different actions that customers are taking at these stages, then it becomes really uh, practical for marketing teams to go and provide these customers the different types of experiences. So, in fact, like 70% of the participant of the survey agree that customer journey has had a positive impact on their overall customer engagement. And in fact, like some of the high-performing teams are eight times more likely to adopt a customer journey strategy versus, uh, you know, the medium to low performer.
0: I, I I completely agree with that. And I think when you start to divide up that customer journey into really how they're absorbing your product or whatever – You know, there are different, there are core assets that you're building out for each of those elements of the journey. You know, you're building out pieces of asset that speak directly to where they are within that journey. And then there's a series of derivative assets that really support that main asset. And then there's also calls to action that are completely different. And so with that, you really have to know what your call to action is so you don't mess it up. You know, in the discover phase, you don't say, buy my product now. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's yeah, and, and so to summarize, the first uh, takeaway from the research is it is absolutely critical that you understand your customer's journey using, you know, data and various technology. Uh, and the fact that the service says that uh, top-performing marketing teams are eight times more likely to adopt a customer journey, yep. that itself itself, self, you know, you know, if you want to become one of those top-performing teams – then honing in the customer journey concept and applying that to your business is extremely important. Yeah,
0: and I think even to, to add to that, I, I for companies or people out there who haven't really decided how to get started within the customer journey or where to go, go online. There's a lot of templates out there. If you don't really know what to do, design your own customer journey. It's as easy as this. Take the process that you take from getting up in the morning to getting ready to getting breakfast or getting coffee – and then how you get to work and so on. Take a simple process like that and build out your journey. And, it, and it's a pretty unique thing. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Cool. So uh, let's move on to number two. Number two says, delivering synchronized customer experience across all business units. Sounds like a simple concept, right? Synchronize yeah. your customer experience, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it definitely, uh, and this is also very close to our heart, right? Because coming from, um, you know, the the world that rotates around the customer's experience, customer's journey. And this also tees into the customer journey concept, because in order to understand the customer's experience, you know, what type of cus- experiences that customers are having across different stages of their buying cycle, it is extremely important to understand the journey first, right? It, it's the chicken or the egg, yeah, like they go hand in hand. Then, as a, as a marketing team or as a business team, you can understand the gaps in the customer experience. So maybe the customer is having a very unique experience in marketing side. You know, Maybe you are doing a really good job in social media. You have a solid website presence and your customer is really excited and they want to do business with you. But then they experience hiccups in terms of onboarding process or the sales process doesn't go as well. And the, the whole experience notion is distorted because the customer had – Pretty high hopes from you and as a as a company and later they have it, all these types of uh, uh, sort of negative experiences of bad experiences. And at the end, then when the customer is onboarded and in, in a year or so you do an NPS, a net promoter score, you see the net promoter score is low. You're like, you're wondering, like, we did a pretty good job in getting this customer. Like, yep. what's going on?
0: Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And-
1: yeah. And I think – I was going to say, so in fact, the survey – is also confirming that the high-performing marketing teams are seven times more effective than applying customer experience initiatives across all different business segments. I mean, imagine that. Uh, so they're not they're just taking their customer seg- customer experience initiatives and saying like, hey, we're just going to do better in onboarding the customer. Or we're doing better at sales of the customer. They're applying it across the board. And that's what the key takeaway here is like delivering synchronized customer experience across all business segments you need, specifically across all different aspects of marketing.
0: Well, I mean, you would think a customer never touches one aspect of your business too. Yeah. You know, for me, I I really like these because it almost sounds like common sense and sometimes it is common sense, but yet we need to be reminded of what common sense is. I mean, it sounds like such a simple concept, but if you're going to do something with regards to customer experience... Synchronize it across your business units. Oh, wow, that's great! (laughs) You know, it's just—it's really not that difficult of a a thing to 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 realize. And I think this—it's important to have that reiteration. You know, I mean, seven times—that it it doesn't get better than that.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, a great example that comes to my mind—a parting thought on this one. Coke is a great example. Like Coke, if you look at it, they have a pretty solid social media presence, and it's just simply amazing. But they're not just saying like, hey, we're going to create this amazing social media presence and let it go there. Like right from you know, the, the whole process, the experience that you have when you open the bottle, you drink it, yep. the taste that you get, the marketing, the packaging, everything is very well thought through. Because they want to keep that first experience that you have when the moment you start thinking about Coke all the way to the end, it, you know, that's, that's called a synchronized experience. Yes,
0: completely agree. Fantastic. So let's, uh, let's move on to number three here. So increase adoption of marketing technologies. And so, you know, I, I remember you and I had this conversation before about this, the rise of the marketing stack. You know, if, if you look at, you know, the, the infamous Scott Brinker, right? With Martech, um, chief Martech, right? Marketing technologies have really been on the rise. I mean, you look at the number of marketing technologies out there. There's about 211 back in. Um, 2011. I'm, I'm sorry, there was about 150 different technologies back in 2011, and in March of 2016, there were over 3,500 different marketing technologies out there. And, and because of that, I mean, that's kind of ridiculous growth. And because of that, you know, they, they've these companies have identified a niche to where digital marketers really need the tools to be able to do their job. And, and that adoption is necessary but there's there, there's an asterisk to that adoption right about connectivity and so on and we're talking about synchronization but you know l- let's first talk about that one the increased adoption of marketing technology
1: yeah I think that's pretty fascinating and I think I always tell this there are two uh, if you if somebody is looking for a career there are two big career uh, kind of growth curve today that are happening one is happening on the data science and uh, essentially data analytics side and then the other is marketing technology uh, and they both somehow is linked you know data science is pretty broad you can do a lot with different segments but if you're looking to grow in marketing technology is a big area like becoming a marketing technologist becoming a chief marketing technology officer yep. if that's what your goal is and that's great and for us is you know coming uh, uh, from a background that teeds into the customer-centric view of thing we practice and preach marketing technology that's what we do right yeah. that's what we're and we're responsible for management of some of these big technologies that are out there uh, it, it, there's a sense of pride in there but but at the same time if you look at it the end goal you know, for a marketing technology leader is to help marketers use the technology to become more efficient more agile metrics driven and customer centric right That's what it is. like it's not about like hey, that's a cool new shiny object. Mm-hmm. Let's go and you know use that. It's more about how do we make this cool new shiny object a part of the organization uh, so that it's accepted very well, it's adopted very well and you make it successful in your organization to solve some big problems.
0: No, so so I have a best practice with that that I'd like to share with everybody. It's this idea that – and this is something that's tried and true tested with Samir and I both over time. And it's this idea that when you bring in a marketing technology, it's not as easy as going in, doing the procurement, identifying what your goals are, um, finding resources and so on. You know, that's one aspect of it. There's a lot of things that people forget and it's – for me, it's it's longevity. You don't plan on bringing in just a whole bunch of marketing technologies to build your stack just because it's cool. You want them to be there for a long time because a lot of times in order to really affect change with these new technologies, it may take six months to a year. And what what's happening at a macro effect, your company may not be interested in testing something out for six months to a year and, and hoping that it comes to fruition. And then they just wasted $100,000 it's just so the the trick here very simple trick integrate your marketing technology into the existing practices of your business don't build it within a silo if you bring in a technology and you have it as a standalone technology that's doing its own thing with when it's within its own silo it's really easy for it to be you know um criticized and and removed and cut But when you bring something in and you inherently integrate it into what you're already doing and make it as an added value, then you're creating truly adopting marketing technologies that add value. That's really, I think, the key.
1: Yeah, I like that. I really like that. I think that, you know, you said it all in that few sentences. Uh, So connecting the survey, right? So the state of the marketing survey, what the survey found is, uh, exactly like what we're saying. It's, it found that 72% of the top marketing teams are going to increase their spending on marketing technology in 2015 in 2016 and 2017. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's amazing that the top-performing teams understand this. They know that in order for them to continue to be effective, in order for them to continue to drive the business goals and initiatives, they not only have to excel at what they got in their organization – but at the same time, invest in the future uh, and make, uh, bring in automation, bring in cost reduction, bring in efficiency. And all of those things are not only going to be done by adding more people to your team, but also adding the right types of technology that solves a specific business purposes and, like you said, integrates with your existing business requirements.
0: 100% agree. This is a very cool topic. Um, Let's look at the next one. So senior leadership buy-in to help move the needle. I like that. It's one of those – remember we did our buzzword bingo or, or buzzword uh, um, uh, podcast at one time. And I think moving yeah. the needle is definitely <laughs> one of those buzzword terms. <laughs> buzzword. It's like what does yeah. it actually mean? Where is this needle? I, I've never seen a needle before. But um, So senior leadership buy-in to help move the needle. This is critical. This is almost as critical as – when you are adopting technology, having to integrate in there, if you don't have senior leadership buy-in, you, you're, you're never going to get anything accomplished. You know, and, and it goes into that one concept that we talked about of, you know, being able to manage a project up, down and to the side.
1: Yeah. And I think if someone has to take one point home from this podcast, from this entire podcast that we're doing today, show that we're doing today, then this will be the key one. I think there's no question on how important it is to get buy-in from your senior leadership. And we can speak from experience. Like whenever we have aligned our plans and strategy with senior leadership, we have always had success in first off getting funding for our projects. And then most importantly, aligning the key Uh, organizational business growth initiatives with trying to what we're trying to do and and the senior leadership will always nod their head and like you know that's a great thing that you guys are doing there not only we're going to fund it but also because it's aligned to our business initiative it also gets our complete approval that you can go and pursue it so uh, you know some of the example that comes to my mind is like you know building analytics team getting an approval from our senior leadership building an event strategy like some of the stuff that we changed the concept in, in some of the employers that we have worked with uh, marketing, setting up a marketing technology division, uh, customer journey focus, like all these initiatives that we participate and we kind of led were because we were able to get in a buy-in from our senior leadership.
0: Yes, and, and it's not really a matter of just getting anybody with a a good title. That is actually the wrong way to do it. It's getting the right person who has an inherent investment or an interest because they see the with them right, the what's in it for them or what's in it for me. And and so being able to sell internally, to be able to find that advocate, to be able to find that senior leadership, to be able to help them advocate, they're the bigger voice. They're the ones who are going to be there to help make things happen when you're not always available to do that. This is big. Yeah, this
1: is. And it's exciting to see that according to the survey, 80% of the top marketing teams, actually 83% of the top marketing teams have – really high commitment from their leadership. Uh, so that kind of tells that in order for a team to succeed, definitely, is you know, sounds pretty obvious, but the fact that a majority of the top performers are doing this, there is something in this. So there's a big take, key takeaway here that validates our philosophy and also encourages the marketer who are kind of holding back, saying, like, you know, I'm not sure, like, what my boss is going to say or I'm not sure how this is going to be taken in our board, uh, I think, you know, being a little bit bolder on that concept, like pushing, pushing the limits and trying to sometimes even educate, uh, you know, the senior leadership yeah. about what you're trying to do and how it fits the company's goals and objectives is very important.
0: Well, I, I, I was recently at a conference, well, actually, uh, still here at a conference. It's called the customer experience for financial services. And they were talking about the, you know, the, um, the importance of you know, pushing, uh, information up the chain and being able to get that, that buy-in from senior leadership. Because on average, you know, if you look at the front line, the front line people, they see a hundred percent of what's going on. They see a hundred percent of the problem. They have a hundred percent understanding of what the day-to-day is. As the higher you go up the chain to first line managers to middle managers to senior leadership, it dwindles down to about four percent. They have about only 4% visibility in really what's happening. And they only have a limited view of what's happening based on what you tell them or, or what they're hearing through the grapevine up the chain because everything's being whittled down to those top three to five things. So if you want to help make a difference and you want to push your initiative, you got to get senior leadership buying, which means you, if you're at a frontline manager level or even at a, at a, um, uh, f- you know, first manager level or mid manager level, it's your job to be able to push that information up to that senior leadership to help them become knowledgeable of what's happening because their scope is so limited. It's so high level. So, yeah. Cool. So, uh, let's move over to number five. Um, so cross channel digital marketing integration. How important is cross channel digital marketing integration?
1: yeah and I think this is it's amazing at this point I want to just take this opportunity and kind of bust a myth. A lot of people Yay. still think that I always like to bust yeah, myths. No. <laughs> so a we we need to start s-
0: a new podcast called the mythbusters
1: mythbusters for marketing marketing
0: <laughs> mythbusters <laughs> yeah that's
1: that's funny uh so yeah I think it's, so digital marketing a lot of people still feel that digital marketing is a marketing channel. Uh-huh. And I consistently find, like, marketers, they're really? comparing, yeah, I think I consistently yeah. see that marketers are comparing marketing channels just as events, print media, and trade show to digital marketing as a whole. I mean, I understand, like, digital marketing has multiple channels, like social search, affiliate, referral marketing, to name a few. And each of these marketing channel plays a key role in the buying stages for the customer. Like, some of the channels are pretty active in getting the customer in the funnel, while some are active in moving the customer along the uh, lead progression paths. However, digital marketing is a methodology, right? It's not a channel. It's a methodology that can actually be applied across marketing, sales, support, and service. You know, for example, like your prospect, they can find your website using search engine, right? So it's essentially search marketing. But when they become a customer, they can still use search to find your products, documentation, to find your support tools, to find the content. And similarly, social media can play a great role on the marketing and at the same time of the support. So it, so that's how like digital marketing integration, you know, going back to the point that is being made in the survey that cross channel digital marketing and integration is absolutely crucial because digital marketing is a methodology that can be applied across the organization and not just be considered as an avenue of bringing customers to the door.
0: I. I think that's a fantastic point. Yeah. I mean that, that's exactly it. I mean we are moving away from – I think there's a lot of marketers out there that just really didn't understand. You know, digital marketing broke into the world of marketing. I don't know, dude. Almost 10 years ago. It's been a while. So we need to change the way we think. It's no longer – There's still companies out there today I mean, I, I've spoken to a few recently. There's still companies out there today who feel like they want to hire a digital marketing expert, and this person's in charge of just the digital channels, meaning that they still have somebody who does other types of marketing. No, it, it, yeah. it's it's all digital now. So it, it is,
1: and I think definitely get, having a well-defined role within the organization for someone who's responsible for digital marketing per se, specifically the role is. Uh, customer acquisition but like you know we talk in the digital tenant podcast is it's about digital business right so there are two different fundamentals to it like the one concept is you're using digital technologies to bring in customers and the other is you're enabling uh, your business so it is aligned and it is aligned for using the different types of digital initiatives so i think that's what the state of marketing survey is saying is high performance marketers are three times more likely to integrate digital marketing's cross-functionally. Uh, and and as a matter of fact, 75% of the high-performing marketing teams are seeing results from their digital marketing integration efforts, not only on the acquisition side, but also in lead progression, but also helping the sales team close the deal. So it's, it's amazing that, you know, the things that we are always kind of proposing, the ideas that we're proposing is being validated one and one after the other by the survey.
0: Good one. Really good one. So let's go to the next one here. Um, here, Here's a fun word. Marketing is mobile.
1: (laughs) That's simple and sweet, right? (laughs) And I think – and I personally think it's been enough said. Like I don't want this particular point to be all about, hey, we got to do mobile marketing. Uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. Well, it's been uh, been
0: over a year since mobile getting happened. (laughs)
1: I mean. <laughs> exactly. And, and according to the ra- latest research that Comscore did, uh, it found that 60% of all digital consumptions is done on mobile devices. Yes, Everything digital is 60% of the time it's mobile. So mobile has replaced desktop as a primary medium of communication. If some of the people who are listening to the podcast still have doubts, I will highly encourage them to go back and look at their digital analytics and build two different segments. One is a desktop and one is a mobile yep. and trend it over the last 12 years. You're going to be surprised to see the astronomical growth that your website is going to be experiencing through mobile. You know, I can say some of the sites that I look at for the last six months, we're seeing a flat trend or flat to low trend on the desktop traffic, but we're seeing 200 plus percent increase in the mobile traffic and it's changing the entire marketing
0: strategy. Well, it, it, it actually, it starts from even the initial search on Google. How many people wait to get home to look at their laptop or desktop to do a search on Google? No, you just pop out your phone. I mean, and, and this is not people going to Siri. I'm not talking about Siri. I'm talking about going into Google and typing in a search. So mobile's here. I, we're not going to belabor this issue. We're not going to, we're not going to beat it to death. It <laughs> marketing is mobile. It's there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And survey confirms this as well. So survey uh, – according to survey, more marketing teams are embracing mobile marketing, mobile advertising, and mobile targeting. Yep. Um, so it's pretty obvious like because they're already seeing that, hey, what's happening here? Like I'm seeing uh, growth in traffic, but pretty much all of that is coming from mobile. So I better be equipped to deliver the experience that these mobile customers are looking for.
0: Yes. Okay. So last one, number seven. Empower email marketing with data science. I love that term, data science. Um, recently uh, at, at this conference, you know, there, I, I remember presenting on stage this idea that, you know, everybody still thinks content is king. And I say, nope, data is king. This is the new way. Data is king. And with that comes data science. And I really think the important elements of your marketing channels like email marketing needs to be driven by data. No longer absolutely. should it be driven. Yeah. Gut feel marketing is thrown out the door. Don't that That's not what you should be doing.
1: No, absolutely. And I think I would definitely encourage uh, listeners to go listen to our podcast number nine on Analytics Today. That is a podcast that Jeremy and I did which was – email best practice for 2016. So anyone interested in learning more about how to do email more effectively should definitely listen to the podcast. But I think email has come a long way, right? Email today is not about sending a promotional blast to a list that you purchased from some vendor. It's about guiding your prospect down the buyer's journey. It's about delivering qualified prospects to your sales teams. It's about making sure that your prospect's journey is personalized and they're able to connect a much deeper level with your brand. And all of this can be done if you use a very programmatic, a very scientific approach. And there's lots of development happening in the email technology, uh, especially if you go look at some of the marketing automation tools and what they're trying to do. You know, a lot of them, they just use predictive name just as a cliche. But there are actually some predictive things happening, especially in the personalization arena. Uh, some of the retailers that I was talking to, what they're doing is they're using personalization for emails and it's based on algorithms so it's based on uh, kind of similar to what amazon does on the product personalization but at at the email level so then you can exactly see and buy and you know experience the products in your email so you're not just getting some fluffy email like hey buy this product because you left your card abandoned which is like so much uh, 2010 i would say they're getting emails like you know what? You bought this product, and we thought it might be interesting that these products are fit to what you bought, or based on the needs that you have generated, these products fit the need that you know that you want to solve for. So I think it's becoming very, very programmatic on how you target these customers uh, based on uh, data. So like you were saying, the data is becoming extremely important. Data is the new king in, in a way, and that's the key takeaway from here.
0: Yeah. And I think what's important is if you look at number two, where we talked about, you know, synchronizing your customer experience across your business units. And we talked about, you know, in number three, increasing the adoption of marketing technologies. And then number five, cross-channel digital marketing integration. All that helps with the empowering of that email marketing using data science. All that the thing is it's not isolated data. And I think that that's a big misconception that people think that I'm going to be smarter about how I do my email marketing because I'm going to use data. But isolated data within a channel is really taking two steps back. Take two steps forward by using integrated data from the other channels, from your different business units, and see how that customer exactly interacts with what you're doing and be able to build around that, build the science around that data.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what the state of the marketing survey found. It found that top marketing teams are four times more likely to use data science and predictive intelligence to improve the email performance. Uh, In fact, more than half of uh, the marketers, they attribute email as a key or as, in fact, as a major influencer channel in the revenue journey. So it's pretty fascinating that email, which was generally – at one point, I was thinking email is going to die the way it was progressing and then – Kind of when the company started using data, they started using intelligence in the email. It changed the whole industry. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I completely agree. I think Salesforce was one of those proponents where they were hoping that their internal um, communication systems were going to keep companies. I remember you and I went through that when we worked in hosting. It was this idea that there's no longer going to be internal emails. Everybody's going to use you know like same time style features to be able to communicate between each other. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, so. Very cool. This is a fantastic topic, and I, I will definitely look for more of these surveys for our audience. And, you know, I, I think these are really important things. And, you know what, guys? Don't go out there and read a 71 page document. We'll read it for you.
1: <laughs> well, in fact, we'll provide the gold nuggets for Exactly. It. That's exactly what we're trying to do here. So, Yeah, I would definitely encourage listeners to go to iTunes and if you're not already done, uh, go to iTunes. Please leave us your feedback because that's what really motivates us to find new and creative content pieces that we can share here. Yeah, and and
0: definitely, you know, if you're not already, understand, you know, Samir and I have two different podcasts that we'd love for you to be able to listen to. You know, as you already know, we have Digital Tenet and Analytics Today. You know, Digital Tenant focused on – You know, digital business transformation and digital business world and analytics today focused on big data and marketing. And so check us out. Keep following us. Tell your friends. Cool. Great. This is a fantastic thing. And thank you. See you guys in the air.
1: Okay. Thank you.